Chocolate Bar by Dylan Siegel. Chocolate Bar means awesome to Dylan Siegel, the six-year-old first grader who wrote this book to raise money for, for a friend who has a rare liver condition called glycogen storage disease type 1B. All money raised will be donated to his friend Jonah's charity, the Jonah Pornizarian GSD Type 1B Fund at, at the University of Florida. To a six-year-old with a big idea, this book being published is, is Chocolate Bar. Chocolate Bar by Dylan Siegel, illustrated by Dylan Siegel. I like to go to Disneyland. That is so Chocolate Bar. I like to go to Universal Studios. That is so Chocolate Bar. I like to go to the beach. That is so Chocolate Bar. I like to go swimming. That is so Chocolate Bar. I like to go to the aquarium. That is so Chocolate Bar. I like to go to the bowling alley. That is so Chocolate Bar. I like to go to the arcade. That is so Chocolate Bar. I like to help my friends. That is the biggest chocolate bar. This book is dedicated to my friend Jonah. All money made will be donated to the Jonah Pornizarian GSD Fund. Thank you for your help. Woo! Thank you. Hey, guys. This is uh, this is Chris Denson from Innovation Crush, and that was Dylan Siegel. Say hello, Dylan. Hello. Hello. No, say, say hello, hello, Dylan. Dylan. Okay, we'll get the joke later. That was also Dad, David Siegel. Hello. Hello. How are you? Um, and that reading was so chocolate bar. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so, so people don't think I'm weird and I like I'm because I'm a grown man and I now have a kid on the show for the first time ever. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, tell them, tell people who you are. What's your name and and what what is that book we just heard? So my name is Dylan Siegel and I'm nine years old and I wrote my. A book called Chocolate Bar because I wanted to raise enough money to cure my my friend's rare disease called glycogen storage disease type one B. So I wrote the book and we sold um, thirty thousand copies in all fifty states and over sixty countries and raised one point three one point two million dollars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Can, well, can I borrow a little bit of that? I, I mean, I, mean, I know your friend needs it, but can I? Is there like a little you know, <laughs> ten, a ten spot? Right. Nah. Okay. No, all right. No. Um, so, so what is glycogen storage? What type one B? Yeah, it's very confusing. Glycogen storage disease type one B. And what does that mean? Um, it has something to do with the liver, and like he can't um turn um like sugar into glucose, I think. So like um. He needs to drink cornstarch and water mixed with water every couple of hours to keep his blood sugar at a regular level, because um, because he doesn't his liver doesn't work as well as regular people. So um, and the one B part there's one A so that's the one A part that's just like the regular disease. So one B there's an extra part of it like he has no white blood cells. He has very little. So, like, he can't fight diseases. Like, if he gets a cold, he might end up in the hospital or an infection. So, as far in, – and when I talked to you before, you and I had a conversation, and you were in a suit. That I'm, I'm a little disappointed that you're in, you're in a T-shirt this time, but you were, you look good in the suit, too. Um, 
Well, he's in his special chocolate bar. He is. Well, that is true. That is a suit <laughs> in and of itself. Um, so let, let's talk about what, how, and why this started. I mean, both of you can can jump in on this, but um, you you are nine years old currently, as of yes. June, July twenty eighth. July twenty eighth. I got it. Um, and this book was written when you were six. Yes. So so give, give me the story on how this even became an idea for you. What, what was going on in, in six year old Dylan's brain? That, that happened, that this book popped up. So I was in first grade. My my friend was getting fed with this weird tube that I saw, which looked kind of mysterious. And I was wondering what it was and why he needed it. So then one day, my, my mom ended up telling me about the disease. And then I realized that that's the person that I see every day getting fed through this tube that's connected to his stomach. So um, so my mom said, do you want to donate $100 from your piggy bank, piggy bank? And I'm like, sure, I'll donate 100 Or do you want to do a lemonade stand or bake sale? And I was like, wait, I want to do a book because you could make more money by, doing a, by making a book than doing a lemonade stand or a bake sale because you could only sell like lemonade or cookies for $2 and a book you could sell for 10 to $20 and I just wanted to make as much money as I can to cure his disease. That's great. Uh, and so 30,000 books later, um, that, that is a great, I, you know, I can't even write a, an email correctly, let alone sell 30,000 copies of a book. Uh, that, so when this idea came up, when Dylan says, hey, a book, like what, what happens? What's, what's the first step? You go, uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, kid. Yeah. Well, as soon as my wife and I were done patting each other on the back at what great parents we were, <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, we were thinking to ourselves, okay, Dylan, just go to sleep, stop talking, you know, leave us alone. But it started to resonate with us. And we're like, wait a minute, you know he wants to write a book that's so interesting but like you know we've, we've got other kids and our older one will say something and then it'll kind of never materialize and you know Dylan says stuff sometimes and he sort of just kind of goes through with it and we were like wait a minute maybe he's serious maybe something's going to happen here and so literally the next day when we thought he was just going to forget about it he came back to us and threw 16 pages on the desk in front of my wife and said <laughs> Here's my book. I've done my part. Now do yours. Now you go get my money. <laughs> right. <laughs> Is that, was that what you say? You say, you go get my money? Yeah, you go get my money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's funny because he, uh, he was really, really determined. And there was sort of like this passion and this fire in his eyes. But there was so much going on with the family, as you can imagine. Always, you have two kids. You yep. know, we have we have three, and there's school, and there's there's work. And there's what are the hobbies. age ranges of the other the so, other two? So the little one at the time was just a baby, uh, and then the older one at the time was I think nine. Um, so you know, again, lots of stuff going on: the sports, and the school, and the activities, and the and the and the everything else in between. And uh, at the time, also, my wife's uh, father, my father-in-law, was diagnosed with stage four. Uh, melanoma. Oh no! Basically, given a death sentence. He was given three to six months to live. Uh, they said, you know, get your affairs in order and wrap it up because your time has come. Right. And it was really, really tough for all of us. You know, the kids being so close to him and my wife, you know, being so close. And by the way, he's our built-in babysitter. So that's you know, yeah. That's probably so, the most painful it, part it of it. Very, very, very painful. I, I know that feeling. So we were just distracted. We didn't have a lot of time to deal with this book. So. Uh, Dylan would come back to us day in and day out and say, Mom and Dad, I've done my part, now do yours. And he would, with this determination and this fire, he said, I want my book done. Just put it in that thing on your desk, make some copies, staple it together, and I'm going to go sell it to my teachers and my friends, and we're going to raise some money. And so 
finally, one thing led to another, and you know, I had some friends who gave me some guidance in terms of how to lay this out uh, at my work. Right. And without touching its purity, keeping it in its very authentic state, they just laid it out so that we could take it to a printer and actually get it printed. And we got the book printed and brought it back to Dylan for approval, and he signed off on it like any good creative does. And uh, we were off to the races. And it's quite a signature you got there. Uh, it has, has your handwriting improved? I hope. <laughs> has, um, has your storytelling improved? Yes, I hope. So uh, let's talk about that, though, because you did have to go tell the story. And I don't know if you, maybe you did. Did you think this book was going to be as successful as it is? Or you said, oh, okay, I'm going to write it and see what happens. What, well, yeah, I was like confident. I was like, yeah, we're going to raise a million dollars. So you set a million dollar goal at the beginning. Yes. Which really scared his parents because <laughs> because let me tell you, he uh, he came to us with the idea, which in and of itself is really interesting. And then the fact that he was able to kind of connect IP, like, you know, just the, the, the storytelling to a change uh, in the world and creating a solution was really interesting to us. And then after we had our first kind of book sale where Dylan uh, and his buddy Jonah um, got together and, and at a good deeds day at school, they sold copy after copy and they raised, you know, about four five, six thousand bucks. And at that point, we're like, wow, we're on to something. But then the very following day was like a parent uh, sort of um, some sort of a PTA meeting. And they brought Dylan up to kind of honor him for the good deed that he did at school, right. and raising all this money. And I believe it was my wife who put the microphone in front of him and said, okay, what do you want to do next? The audience wants to know. And unbeknownst to anybody, including my wife, he said, I want to raise a million dollars. And so, of course, the whole audience is like, woo, and everyone's cheering. And my wife is, of course, now quaking in her boots going, oh, my God. You know, now you go get my money. Yeah, we're going to have to go do this. <laughs> so uh, Dylan was, was steadfast in that determination and was deadly serious when he said a million dollars because, you know, how determined he was to get the book published then is how determined he was to get that million dollars. And it's, I mean, so $1.2 million to date. Are you still selling the book? Yes, we are still selling the book and we are at $1.2 million. Where are you selling the book? We are selling it online what? and sometimes at chocolatebarbook.com and sometimes like we sell our book at like our Good Deeds Day at school. Um, so, okay, so a, a, along with the success and the rise of the book, you start to, like when, when you and I met, it was at a conference, the Sandbox Summit. Uh, shout out to Wendy Smolin, a, a good oh, friend. she's amazing. She's, a, oh, she's oh, awesome. Amazing. Um, what, which, a great, what a great conference. She, yeah, it, was, it went really well, especially the highlight for me was seeing you on stage and giving this presentation on, you know, the, your process. And how long were you on stage for? Do you remember how much time it was? It was like, I don't know, like five, ten minutes? Yeah, it was like, yeah. It's, I mean, it we are, by the way, this is the first time we're recording in this studio, so congratulations, and my first time as a kid. Your first time being interviewed by an adult, correct? Yeah. Yeah. No, okay. Uh, on the radio, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, podcast. Very we'll exciting. graduate to radio. We'll okay. get there. Yeah. Um, but we're also inside the the uh, the Hollywood Improv, um, so a lot of people can't do five, ten minutes of stand-up comedy, let alone give a presentation on you know a business vision and, and its success. So... What was the first time you actually got to talk in, in front of a big group about, outside of school, um, the first time you got to talk to a big group about what you're doing? Well, um, that's pretty hard, huh? Let me think. Maybe the first time, uh, big group, well, the first time you presented the book and read it in front of everybody was at the, the Barnes & Noble book signing during you know, oh, yeah. Christmas we of the first to, year yeah, you yeah. Did, uh, did the Barnes book. Barnes & Noble. Were you nervous? Um, not really. You don't. So you don't strike me as a as a nervy type of kid. 
No, I wasn't thinking about being nervous. I was just like excited, you know. Does Jonah go with you wherever when you when you're doing these things? He's been to a couple, um, yeah. Yeah, most of the time. Um, and and he's currently your best friend. Yes. I'm assuming BFF now at the, at this point. Like they're, this, yeah, they're great pals. I mean, they've they've known each other since man. What the? How old were you guys when, when you first uh, met? Three years old. Two yeah. years old. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, so, Dad, I, I mean, I, I I guess how do you? stay as attached to this project you know at least especially in the beginning because yeah. i think in the beginning like you said and that my daughter is like oh she, just the other day she goes um she was trying to learn how to play a song on the piano and she looked it up on youtube and she was and she was getting frustrated with dragging the computer back and forth to the to the piano and was like oh what about a computer piano or something like that <laughs> i was like oh great idea and i'm like oh, go go to sleep <laughs> right <laughs> i did not get the request the next day <laughs> in the morning she was done right so i mean this is a three-year journey now that you've yeah. been on so what kind of resources because i would love for parents to know like how they can also do this for their kids. It cost us $1.4 million to raise $1.2 million. <laughs> exactly. Right. No, I mean, the reality is, I think it was really his determination and it was just that drive and that vision and, and this whole connecting the dots between storytelling and, and, and change agents. And, you know, having spent a long time at Disney, um, you know, as a marketer, I, I, I learned a thing or two about storytelling and connecting story to a, to a major vision and really kind of uh, you know, moving an audience and creating an experience. And this really touched me uh, in a way that I think the, the storytelling at Disney uh, touches me and gazillions of people everywhere. And um, when he wrote this, I realized there was a great story to be told. When he named a chocolate bar, I'm like, wait a minute, that's really kind of interesting and sticky and adorable. And, you know, chocolate bars, his expression for and delicious awesome. <laughs> and delicious and sweet um, and yummy and yummy. <laughs> and right. And, uh, it was just a great, overall great story. And Chocolate Bar meaning, you know, awesome. And his, this friendship between him and his pal and his sort of naivete and innocence behind wanting to raise all of this money, it just all sort of struck struck me as like this incredible story and really authentic. Right. And, you know, authenticity, as we all know, is, is, a, big, is a big buzzword. And it's incredibly important when telling your story. Again, what's something that I learned, you know, day one at Disney is telling this great story that keeps people sort of on the edge of their seat. It's completely relatable and that sort of thing. So this had all those kind of trappings, but to me, I never wanted it to be uh, an exploitation of Dylan or his pal or this disease. I wanted it to be authentic and I wanted it to be a story that people fell in love with organically. So right. we didn't set out on this journey to break any records or sell you know 30,000 books or raise $1.2 million. We set out to tell a story that if people engaged in it and wanted to kind of show up to this party, then great. Uh, if not, then we weren't gonna push them to do it. Yeah. And so. How do you strike that balance, right? Like, you know, as a, as a mark, you're in marketing. Yeah. So as, even as a marketer, whether it's in your own thing or just with chocolate bar, how do you strike the balance of, you know, not pimping out your kid right. versus like, you know, pimping out your kid right. in, in a good way. Yeah. So. Well, I think it was again, because people came to us, Barnes and Noble thought this was a really exciting idea and they allowed for us to have a book reading there and a book signing. It was right before Christmas. We brought in a children's choir from Dylan's school to sing. We provided sort of some extra value to Barnes and Noble and that they could, you know, entertain people. And at the same time, maybe we, maybe a news crew would find it interesting. And a news crew did find it interesting. And I think early on, a couple of news, news crews showed up to the event. They covered it and they told our story. So we started to realize, oh, wait a minute. This is a story that we're not just telling and sharing. And this is a story that other people want to tell and share. Right. And that's when it started to really kind of um, 
come come true come through to us that we have something here to share and this is larger than just a, a disease this is larger than just a, two little boys this is a uh, you know something that could be replicated right um, if if the right people sort of um, look at it and discover it and fall in love with the story and uh it has been replicated. Well, it's kind of like times. what you did was create a movement, right? I, I um, ironically, have you ever seen the movie Aquila and the Bee? I have never seen that. Movie. I think it's an amazing movie. Yeah, it's a great. I just watched it the other day with my yeah. daughter, and it was like so inspiring. This girl wanted to be in the spelling bee, and she was really good speller. Went to not not the best school, and so she got a coach, and then went on and on. And then towards the end of the movie, her coach quits, right? But the community that she lived in, like everybody, loved what she was doing so much that they just all started helping. What were some of the, I don't know, it, was there like a, a moment that you remember where somebody that was really touching for you? That you're like, oh my gosh, that was really awesome that somebody would do that, right? Did, anything that you remember? Well, um, yeah, like all my friends and stuff were like giving us lots of money and really cared and really wanted to help when we were selling it at our um, Good Deeds Day. Like we made thousands of dollars that day just because of our f- friends' donations. That's great. We, we thought it was interesting, too, as, you know, we started to get unsolicited notes, emails, phone calls, letters, you know, from all over the world uh, to Dylan saying, hey, we, we've seen what you've done. It's inspired us to do great things. We got all these videos. There's one video that comes to mind. These really adorable kids from a school in Brazil, of all places, recorded this video, sort of reading their own version of their chocolate bar book to raise money for their own effort. And that's when we kind of started to realize, wait a minute, this is... Um, a movement. We've created a, a platform of inspiration for other children all over the place to kind of point their creativity or aim their creativity at a solution. Um, you know, the, the the family in Florida who were looking to raise a million dollars to help cure their son's rare disease, I think my, mitochondria, uh, hmm. I believe is what mm-hmm. it's called. Um, and they sort of used our model uh, to grow their own movement. And that to us was the greatest reward of this all, you know getting these unsolicited letters, these unsolicited phone calls. And then when the Chelsea Clintons of the world suddenly start calling and saying, hey, I've seen this story. This is inspiring to me. I'd like to cover it and put it on the news and spend the day with Dylan and walk around to school and get involved in his life just to kind of see what it's all about. <laughs> We're like, okay, this is like she's standing in you know the living room here. What This is unbelievable. Is that stuff a big deal to you? Or is it kind of like, all right, cool. There's yeah. a lady named Chelsea here. <laughs> it was a it was a big deal. It was really nice meeting her and like having her walk around my school and see what I was doing all day and see really what I do every day. That's really cool. Who else did who else have you gotten to meet? Um I met Jeff Propes. I went on his show. Um Diane Sawyer, I went on her show. Um Look at me. I'm in the ranks of Jeff Probst and and <laughs> Diane Sawyer. Right. I'm I'm doing pretty good. How about that, Andrew? Or you move. You, you can have the rest of the day off. <laughs> that is so chocolate bar of me. <laughs> right. Um. There's a lot of products on. Like I got a I got a uh, uh, bracelet on. There's hair ties. There's chocolate on the table. So let's talk about merchandising for a second. What is the What does the chocolate bar universe consist of? What uh, What else can we have <laughs> from from the chocolate bar movement? Well, we've made many other things too, like phone covers. I'm actually wearing a chocolate chocolate bar um, shirt right now, and chocolate bars and hair ties, like you already said, and a bracelet. So, like, we've made many products, and many, a lot of people who already bought our book are like, "Wow, there's more chocolate bar stuff. We want to buy that too. We want to help chocolate bar even more and get a phone case for my phone." 
What's the favorite thing you've that? What's your favorite moment so far? My favorite moment. That's really hard. I, I know. Liked, I liked everything. Um, wow. Um, you know, spending time in Hershey, Pennsylvania, and yeah, that was fun. Well, I did peel. Yeah, I peeled back the cover on this actual chocolate bar, and I saw a Hershey. So, is Hershey's a participant and yeah. a willing participant in the uh, Hershey's been a takeover? Part- they've been an amazing partner. That you know, we reached out to them. Can I crack this open by the way? Oh, this please. Is- All right. Then, now this is cho- this is literally chocolate bar. Get into that Hershey. Chocolate I'm going to share with you guys. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, please, thank you. No, they've they've been a great partner, and and it was very surreal. Another moment that really just a great, cute, you know, funny little story. You know, we're dealing with this seven-year-old child and he could be completely unpredictable we don't know what's going to come out of his mouth a million dollars right a million dollars <laughs> that's the first thing that came out of his mouth so we were invited by hershey to their global marketing conference each year they you know they have their annual summit to talk about branding and roll out new products and it's all internal marketing executives and then little dylan siegel is invited to speak on behalf of chocolate bar to sort of talk about you know what inspires him and talk a little bit to their corporate social responsibility team and get them fired up on what a little kid can do and, you know, we're halfway through this rollout, which was highly confidential, and we had to sign waivers, and we weren't allowed to kind of even be in parts of it. And then suddenly the CMO gets on the stage and invites Dylan to come up on the stage to sit on the CEO's wingback chair. And to me, <laughs> you know, a you know, marketer coming from Disney, spending sure. years in this business, living vicariously through my seven-year-old child who's now sitting in the CEO of Hershey's chair being interviewed by the CMO of the Hershey Company. And this, to me, was just uh, another one of those sort of defining moments. But, of course, my wife and I were looking at each other going, oh, my God, how did we get here? But then we're like, oh, my God, what's he going to say? Well, there's no way to prep him to go yeah, on stage. Yeah, PR prep. Yeah, there's just the CMO wants to ask a bunch of questions. And he was amazing. I mean, he answered the questions, and he was great. And we were biting our nails the whole time going, oh, my God, what's he going to say? Uh, and it was just wonderful. I mean, that's one of the, another one of those sort of defining moments that really made us wake up and go, wow. Again, there's something here that he has created. This is a brand that, that has legs and has, we hope, longevity and, and shows kids that they've got power. And I think that's been one of our key sort of tenants here is that this little, little guy had this idea and we helped him. But it's been his vision time and time again. He's the marketer. He's the one coming up with the ideas. The day before our first book sale, he's the one that said, Dad and Mom, hello, why aren't we selling chocolate bars with the books? <laughs> and my wife and I are like, who is this kid? So my wife went to Whole Foods and Whole Foods fell in love with the story and they donated our first, you know, before Hershey came came to the table, they donated our first set of, of chocolate bars, which is just incredible because they loved the story. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So and I'm I'm curious as to because you hear a lot of people say they came to us, they came to us like what where was the breaking point of pushing it out? And like, all right, we knew, we've covered enough grounds and then, you know, sort of the, this pendulum swings back, if you will. Right. So uh, at a certain point, again, because we were trying to be really authentic with the storytelling and we never wanted to come off like, to your point, we're trying to pimp out our, our son or pimp out the story. If that happens, it, it reads inauthentic, it reads inorganic and it falls apart. Um, but, you know, at the same time, you can only tell the story so many times until people are just sort of burned out. So it is when that tipping point comes, when you think you've had all the news you can have and raise all the dollars you can have, the story then starts to be about momentum. Like this little boy had raised five, six, seven hundred thousand dollars really um, off the back of just goodwill and again, innocence and just the kind gesture of thousands and tens of thousands of people around the world. But at a certain point, okay, can we get to that million dollars? So I think the focus then shifted to, hey world, you've been incredibly helpful here. Let's not forget about what we're trying to do here, which is help cure a rare disease. That's the whole point here. 
Dylan has set out to, to make a million dollars. Let's help him get there. Let's push him there. And then suddenly the, the focus and the story and the momentum shifted to let's help Dylan get to that million dollars. Right. And let's help him get there before a milestone, milestone being the you know New Year's 2014. And so, boom, that sort of was the, the shift and the momentum. And suddenly the news called again. And it was sort of this incoming uh, barrage of phone calls from every news organization you can imagine, every sort of interesting talk show. And we were able to kind of help along this journey um, towards a million dollars by really help, you know, utilizing the goodwill and good nature right. of the press. Let's talk about work-life balance. Yes. Because um, you're, you're still, you didn't drop out. You didn't, you didn't drop out to do this. You have maintained your uh, student status, I'm, I'm assuming. What no. grade are you in now? Second, third. Fourth. Fourth. That's what I said. Um, <laughs> how are your grades? My grades are good. They're good. Well, what was, it, what was it in your last report card? Okay. Well, uh, I do good on my test. Okay, that's 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 the important right, part. Right. Except that one test he brought home. What was it like a seventy-eight? No, it was a ninety-three. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, see, oh, he told sorry. you. So he so one <laughs> this year he brought home what a seventy-eight, and he put it down in front of us and said, "You have to sign this because you know we bring home." Like I'm not signing this. C plus. I'm not signing this. And and he's like, okay. So he goes to mom, and mom's like, I'm not signing this. So the next day, Dylan takes the takes the test back to school and goes to the teacher and says, "My parents won't sign this. I need to retake it." And so they gave him the test to retake. <laughs> and that's when you got the 93? No. Oh, you got what'd a 79. What'd you get? I got like a four of like a 14 and a half out of 15. Oh, ah, very good. Okay, how, good. Half a, how you get half a... a uh, who knows? All right. What school is this? <laughs> um, very tough. And then, it's, it, it, so outside of school and grades, I mean, you have two siblings. Are, are they boys or girls? What are your brother and sister? Boys, boys, okay. boys. All right. Boy. Um, how do you, as a parent, or even you as a sibling, like maintain the, you know, because it's all, I was just talking to my daughter the other day about quality time and like, well, make sure like everybody, there's all these different subsets of QT that you get within the family unit. So like, how did you strike that balance with the rest of the family? And here you're on a global tour, you know, and, um, and, and take this book around thankfully it's been something that dylan has been so excited about that it's been infectious and the teachers have been okay with it and his grades have been good enough where he can kind of take time off from school and travel to houston or travel to florida and visit the doctor and and kind of check out the institution and the and the, and the foundation that raises the money and is doing the research he's been able to he's going to new york next month to do a uh, to do a, a, a mini tour and some presentations so the school's been very generous in that but he also delivers he is uh, aware that he's going to be missing school. He asks for the homework in advance. That one time you did like 10 days of homework and like a, one night so you can get it all done. So he's, he's vigilant about this and he's excited about doing it. So he's able to strike it for us. It's challenging. You know, we've got two other kids. They've got their busy schedules. Sometimes Jack, who's the older one comes with us and sometimes he doesn't, um, from a work perspective, you know, with all due transparency, it was very challenging because, you know, when I was at Disney, it was very, very uh, intense. Disney is no joke. Like, I mean, as far as it, as an employer, I mean, they make great products, but they, they make the best they, products. It comes on the heels of a lot of, a lot of hard work. Yeah. A lot of hard work, a lot of responsibility and a lot of time. And, and frankly, you know, it got to the point where I was putting, you know, a lot of time until two o'clock in the morning on chocolate bar. Cause I'd be at work all day long and I'd have to focus on work and getting our films out there. And at night, you know, come home eight, nine o'clock at night, eat, kiss the kids and go to work on chocolate bar until two, three o'clock in the morning. I was getting no sleep. Uh, you know, we were taking a couple trips on behalf of Chocolate Bar during the Disney days, so I'd have to ask for permission to go and right. do that. And of course, being a massively philanthropic company themselves, they were fully supportive of it. But at a certain point, 
they're kind of looking at this going, huh, your social media on Chocolate Bar is looking pretty good. What's going on with the social media on on your job? Exactly. (laughs) Where's that social media? Yeah, where's that going? I tweet it. So, yeah, it was was definitely a challenge. I mean, that's that's amazing. What's – have you been outside the country yet? Oh, you go ahead. Have some of your own product. Yes. (laughs) Indulge. Chocolate. Chocolate. You know, know, it's – there's been a lot of really interesting invitations to to Italy, to Canada, Vancouver, I believe it was, to Brazil. Um, I think there was even something in Australia, maybe. Compton. We haven't. Compton could be a good field trip. All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, we're, we're down. <laughs> Have you seen the movie yet, Dylan? No. Okay, I, good. I don't think I'm, I'm old enough. That was a parent test, actually. I was <laughs> yeah, just trying to say. Uh, yes, no, Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> the table's too big for you to kick them under the table. Yeah, so. exactly. I can't reach it. I can't reach it. Yeah, so it's been some really awesome, awesome. You know, Have you gone to any? Like, we already, haven't. Uh, not yet. Not yet. I say, not yet. I say that the, if you're going to go global, go global. That's a commitment. Uh, summertime. Yeah, you're right. You don't yeah. don't you don't mean putting any ideas in. <laughs> um, so what is next? Like, is there is going to be a chocolate bar too? Is there, like what's chocolate bar in 2016? I mean, from a like as chocolate bar being cool. Like, what's what's chocolate bar 2016 looking like? Well, um, we are working on a book about like our friendship and our, all of our progress and everything that's happened. And we're. We, I also want to make an app. So we could send chocolate bar all over, the, all over the world to people who haven't bought it yet. And I want to like make, make it creative, and so like they could read my book and then they could make their own version. They could create a new book and sell it, sell it to other people to raise money for different causes. I say you, you when you get home, look at this uh, website called Wattpad. Mm, yes. Wattpad is pretty awesome. It's a storytelling platform. I think Chocolate Bar would do really well in there. Free idea. Uh, as long as I get another chocolate bar. All kinds of ideas are flowing. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, obviously this is a business, right? Or, uh, and a serious one, it sounds like. It's a, you know, right, right now it's a completely not-for-profit sure. you know, engine that we haven't taken a dime from. In fact, you know, Jonah's family has spent a lot of money fulfilling these books. You know, they. it's so funny, you know, Jonah's father in the beginning is like, no problem. However many books you want to make, I'm going to print them for you. Yeah. I don't think he thought he was. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, that's a total underestimation right, right, right there. So we've all you know, gone a lot out of pocket for this, but it's been incredibly worth it and beyond imagination. But with a, you know, but with a vision like apps and you know, things that take real resources to make, right? yes. you know, outside of a beautiful crayon and, and pieces of paper, um, how, do you, like, how do you tackle that? How do you bridge the gap between like, where you want to go with it right. or are you going to just ride this way for now and, and kind of just let it naturally progress? I think the way to go at this point is because a, a cure has been identified – and we by no means are taking credit for the fact that a cure has been identified. High but, five. That's a, well, know, it's, it's, it happened on your watch. It happened on our watch. And that's really, on really great. On my watch. No, not literally. On, that's a good one, though. On your swatch. That was a good one. On your swatch. Uh, you know, it, it, it's an incredible thing. So we will, we will sort of enjoy that and, and praise the doctor and, and be thankful that, you know, whatever effort we did put into this, it has attracted a major global pharmaceutical company to the table to put lots of money into 
the finishing off of the research that will cure this the, the GSD 1A portion of this disease. Now, Jonas portion 1B uh, has not yet uh, been identified cure-wise, so there's still going to be some money and dollars that need to be put into that, so we're still certainly going to be raising for that. But we've realized that we have an obligation now to build this platform, to, you know, to, to your point earlier, and create uh, this engine that allows for kids to use their creativity and point it at a cause. We're calling it cause creativity. Uh, we're talking a lot to different people right now about sort of mounting this sort of next stage. Dylan had this brilliant idea that he sort of just talked you through, which was, you know what, we've raised a million bucks. Now let's give a million bucks away. Let's not, let's not raise dollars. Let's give it away and raise awareness. And to us, that was like magic. Again, you know, in his own sort of unique, brilliant way, he's guided us towards our next step, which is create a platform, call it cause creativity, give kids resources and inspiration to build their own sort of cause engine. Maybe it's writing a book and aiming that book at a cause. There's 30 million people with rare diseases in this country. Can you imagine if one, two, 10, 50, 100 kids just pointed at one or two different yeah. diseases and started raising dollars? That could cause huge change and, and solve a lot of big problems. 300 million people around the world. So 10% of this country has a rare disease. News to us, but stuff that we're learning as we go through this. And you know, if we can build this engine, we've talked to folks at the Department of Education. We've talked to all kinds of big corporations. We're looking to build our board. We're looking to actually build this into something because we feel like Chocolate Bar is now a brand. It stands for something. It stands for kids and their efforts and their abilities to make change. Let's follow through with this. And Dylan's all for it. He wants to continue to go out there and speak and engage and enlighten people and be kind of that centerpiece until he has a mustache. And then I don't think that's going to work anymore. <laughs> but uh, until he has a mustache. Uh -oh. uh, hey, hey, guys. <laughs> like, you're not, how old yeah. are you? I'm 40. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, when you uh, when you turn 18, 19, to whatever age, like what 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 do you think Dylan will be doing? I'm going to refer to you in the third person. Like you're, you're like you're a boxer. What are you going to be doing uh, when you when you grow up? Well, I'm not going to be a doc uh, I mean like I'm not going to be a boxer, but I want <laughs> to be a doctor or a scientist. You can be both. I think if Yeah, both. Yeah. Why not? Get a stethoscope and a microscope. Yeah. Um and have you do you know what kind of doctor you want to be? What what do you want to study? Do you want to fix hearts? Do you want to fix livers? Do you want to just tap people on the knee and make their test their reflexes? Um, I could fix hearts. I'll do whatever I can. Well, you fixed my heart today. <laughs> I'll fix hearts. <laughs> I'll fix brains. I'll fix lungs. Fix anything. But it's it, well, you say that, and I think it's interesting too when you mention like the statistics. Like, there's 30 million people with rare diseases, right. and I find like a lot of social causes. Usually, there's no sort of umbrella organization that governs. There's like there's a bunch of disparate, yeah. different things happening, and I think rare diseases in and of itself is. I mean, you, I mean, you, you talk about having chocolate bar be a platform and a voice for all those individuals. It's a, it's a pretty amazing opportunity. It could be cool. You know, it, it's funny we. You look at studies, look at statistics. You you hear sort of the rhetoric on the news about the dinner table kind of being dead. You know, the, the way people work today is very different. The family unit looks very, very different. And frankly, people, families just don't have dinner together the way they used to. And we feel like we could sort of take that family dinner table model and move it to somewhere else in the week or a time on the weekend where it doesn't matter if it's mom or if it's dad or if it's brother, sister, uncle, aunt, whatever, friend. It's a family. And bring that family unit together, however many people that is or is not, and create something and aim that creativity. And 
even though the, the dinner table may be compromised, it doesn't mean that you can't bring that dinner table model somewhere else and, and sort of recreate it in the image of, of fun and innovation and change. Um, what are your other kids' strengths? Man, Jack is incredible. Jack is in another compassionate heart, uh, a kid who you, he wears his emotions on his sleeve. So we kind of love to see, you know, his, um, his sort of beautiful response to people in need, to uh, friends in need. You know, we were driving... No, that we were driving. It was a couple weeks ago, and we were driving up the street, and one of the older neighbors was like struggling to get her trash cans up up the driveway, and Jack's like, "Mom, pull over!" And we're like, "Whoa, what's going on?" He's like, "Pull over!" She pulls over. He hops out of the car and brings her trash cans up to the side of the street, and I'm just thinking to myself, again, patting ourselves on the back, but I don't. This isn't. Yes. I mean, <laughs> this is like just these kids. They they. I think it's a different time, and and kids are a bit more sensitive, and and. Um, Wanting to help is just part of the the chemistry. It's part of the DNA. And I think, I think, the, I think the, the the general thinking is that they learn it from somewhere. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, My wife's an incredible model. I mean, she. I, you know, we've been together forever, and even in college, I remember she would feed people's meters when they were expired. I'm like, what are you doing? Do you like that guy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who? <laughs> it's like I'm, whose gremlin is that? Yeah, I'm like the dumb caveman. Why are you doing that? And she's like, oh, I'm just help. You know, and, and she took them last year to the market, and they saw a family that was outside asking for money, and so she took the kids back in the market and bought like a whole Thanksgiving dinner for the family and gave it to them. And it's like, it's that modeling. I think that she's a remarkable uh, human being. You know, I'm just the dumb caveman, but she is. Uh, You're remarkable. like, I'm, the, I'm marketing. This. <laughs> I can market whatever you decide to do. <laughs> right. just, she's remarkable. I and mean, she's brilliant, too. So she's uh, she just is one of those special people that uh, I think the modeling has definitely. Yeah, it's definitely like the domino effect. Right. Yeah. And you kind of don't know. Like you say, oh, we we didn't, you know, it was all oh, we created a monster almost in, right, in a right. sense. It's like yeah. we, we had yeah. no idea. Yeah. Um, uh, so you got this uh, dinner idea and some other things on the table. It, it's just interesting when you think about like the the ability for you to uh, push the kids a, a little bit further and a little bit further. How much how much influence have you had on like molding the business? You know, because uh, you have great ideas, obviously, Dylan. Um, you're welcome. And um, no, but then, but then you, you know, it takes the adult effort to bring it to life. Like, how much do you course correct along the way, and like you and use teachable or find teachable moments yeah. in the course of this action? Yeah. Oh, I think they happen all the time. You know, we uh, another story. We were in Houston, Texas, doing. Dylan was doing his presentations, and again, the effect of of this has just been so surreal. We get a phone call from a friend of a friend of a friend who. Uh, heard that Dylan was in town speaking and they wanted to let us know that their son or the friend of the friend of the friend's son was in the hospital at Children's Hospital Houston um, with this disease. The problem is he was in a coma because through a set of circumstances which happen all the time to these kids, he slipped into a coma. And um, we were invited to the hospital to, to go see him. And for us, that was an incredible moment for Dylan because Dylan, seeing Jonah day in and day out, knowing that Jonah has this, this disease, he, he knows that it's, it's perilous, but um, it hasn't really hit him in the way that it hit him when we were asked to go to the hospital where a child with this disease was in a coma and was likely going to die. And Dylan was begging the doctor, begging the nurse, begging anyone that would listen to him to go in and see this child, but they wouldn't let him because uh, he was underage and they wouldn't let him in there. So we had to explain to him, this is what's going on. Um, we're going to go in and say hello to him. And, and we walked in there and, and it was just devastating. You know, the child was hooked up to a lot of machines and on the foot of his bed, 
was the chocolate bar book. Oh, wow. And that to us was like, oh, we just started crying because it was like, oh my God, are you kidding me? This is, it's not as if this, we brought a book and they're, you know, yeah. they just had this book sitting on the foot of his bed because this book served as inspiration to him and to his family and to kids that he knew with this disease, um, that there was hope. And he used to read this book to his little son, little little brother who also had the disease. It's so horrible. Wow. Um, and so, you know, we went back out and explained to Dylan what was going on and that, you know, you know, he didn't get the, the, the right amount of, you know, cornstarch that he was supposed to get or whatever the story was. And, you know, for Dylan, he just, he realized right then and there, wow, you know, this has, we could have a tremendous and profound effect on, on these children and on this disease if we just keep fighting. And that was around the time where we were at that point where can we get to that million dollars? And this, I think, really charged up all of us and gave Dylan some proof that, you know, we, uh, we had to go keep going. The need is, yeah, is the, still there. The need's there, yeah. Good job. How's, how's, Thank you. How, you're, yeah, you, man, you're a quick learner. Um, how, how's Jonah doing? He's doing good. Um, a couple of weeks ago, he actually did get an infection and ended up in the hospital. Like I said, if they like, if they even get a cold, they can get end up in the hospital. So he was in the hospital a couple of weeks ago because he got his infection. And I was sad. He was missing a lot of school. So then I went to the hospital one day and visited him. And we played checkers and we played a bunch of other games. That's like good. Connect Four. And I, I'm I'm pretty good at Connect Four, first of all. So next time I'm, next time you come in, I'm putting the I'm putting the Connect Four game right here. We can just play while we talk. I'm champ. I'm champ. Okay. <laughs> what what else happens in the in the in the lifestyle of Dylan? Like, are you playing in any sports? Or like, do you do anything? Or is chocolate bar like your 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 extracurricular activity? Well, I do do I do do a lot of more things. I I just recently had football. It just ended. Our season was over. We won one game. <laughs> Out of how many? Forty. <laughs> right. That's good. A W is a W. You gotta you gotta celebrate. How did you right. celebrate? Did you dump Gatorade on the coach? Yeah, we just got a bunch of pizza. Oh, okay. That's the best way to celebrate. Dump pizza Cupcakes. on the coach. <laughs> so um, I also now I'm starting basketball season, and I just did AOSO soccer and. I'm doing a bunch of other things. I don't. I don't understand. What, what video games? <laughs> what, what video games? What kind of? Uh... Well, I play Minecraft and I play Clash of Clans and Agario and. This Agario thing is really interesting. Have you seen this game? No. I thought you said Sicario, which I was like, I don't. Do it. <laughs> no. I'll explain. <laughs> you are not allowed to see that movie. Uh, Agario is like a game where you're this little tiny cell, basically in this little white space. Well, it's pretty big, but um, it ends eventually because you need a. It can't go on forever, or else you know. Or else so, it's space. Yeah. So then you're this little guy, and then there's these tiny dots that you eat to get a little bigger. Then there's other cells that eat those stuff too to get big. So then you like try to eat them, and they try to eat you. And if you want to like team with them, you could press like this button, which gives them like ten, ten of your cells, ten of part of your cell, and it gives and and you give it to them, and then they could get big, and then you could give it to them, and they could give it back to you. So, um, so yeah, it's basically really fun. You, I, the highest I've gotten, I was in second <laughs> place on the whole leaderboard with people all around the world playing anywhere. Wow. Um, yeah. That, and, 
So as a cell, I'm, is it like a real like? Uh, is it like a well? You don't know Pac Man. Um, so this first thing I thought when there was like th- dots eating dots. Um, is it like a real cell, like a like a, bo- a body cell, or are you just a dot that you keep getting bigger and bigger and you take over the world? Yeah, it's kind of like a dot that you keep on getting bigger on eating people and try to get on the leaderboard and get really big and eat other people and get ginormous. Do people know they're playing against the chocolate bar guy? No. <laughs> You're like chocolate bar 07. That's your uh, right. gamer tag. <laughs> and also, like, the highest I've gotten, like, the most I've eaten is 7,000. Yeah. That's and pretty- the first time I played, I got 1,000. First wow. time, first round ever. Basketball, football, chocolate, video games, decent student. Uh, yeah. This is, you're pretty amazing. I'm um I'm gonna have to have my daughter listen to this over and over again, <laughs> and and my son too, so I can get him in there like early, just get it in the in the subconscious. Yeah. Um. So the show is called Innovation Crush. Um. Dad, I'll ask you. Uh. What do you see out in the world as a you know former Disney marketer like that you're crushing on? Um. Technology, food, a movement, oh, art. I don't food, know. Food. <laughs> I'm so I hungry. Food. That's why you made the pizza reference. Right. Exactly. You know, it's funny. There's so much going on right now. I, I feel like, you know, whether you're reading TechCrunch or what, what Fast Company, it's like you just feel overwhelmed. I just, I, it's like you have to pick a couple poisons and just go with them and fall in love with them and track them because if you try to track everything, you're going to lose your mind. You know, the other, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, New York Times sent out, uh, you know, sort of launching their new app with Verse um, and and their VR and and, and in conjunction with um, uh, Cardboard Google. Yep. And just getting lost in this whole sort of VR narrative has been really interesting to me. Have you tried it? Yeah, it's so cool. It's so it's cool. So have you cool. done it too? Yeah. Did yes. you do the New York Times? You didn't do the news one. Which 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 VR have you done? Um, I've done the Google card box. Okay. But I, I do have the um, New York Times one, and I will try it out soon. <laughs> it's, it's awesome because you finally see where this is going. And it's like, ah, oh, with, with the New York Times piece, you're like, okay, there's a... It's interesting that so much of the storytelling has been in the pro-social and, and sort of the cause right. space, you know, tracking Syria and, and tracking some of the, you know, these incredible stories about kids and being displaced around the world. Um, but seeing the narrative come through uh, in, in VR it was spectacular to me. It was just, you really feel like there is some wonderful storytelling to be told in a whole new way. You can't tell stories the way you used to through VR, you, it's, it's, it's disrupting storytelling in a whole new way, and it was just, to me, really kind of moving and exciting. Maybe they'll turn it into something like an Oculus, where you could play get some of the games I mentioned, like Minecraft or Clash of Clans or Agario. I'm bringing you to my next brainstorm. <laughs> hey, like ne- next time I have a brainstorm, I'm like, you know who we need in here? Dylan Siegel. Um, what do you have that you're crushing on outside of Agario? Is there something that you're like, oh my gosh. I, and I saw your LeBrons. Those are cool. I was crushing on those. Thank uh, you. Uh, yeah. Thank you. You earned them. Your shoes are cool. Too. Thank you. I appreciate that. These are question. These are questionable. I have questionable fashion sense, but thank you. I didn't want to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> you got the you got the new chucks on. This is this, this is a stylish group. They're really cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, last but not least, um, I'll start with you, Dad, so you can you can set a little you can set the bar. Right? Mm-hmm. Even though it's not, Dylan will set the chocolate bar. Uh, raising the bar. Let's raise the bar. raise uh, the oh man raise this the chocolate. All bar. sorts of branding happening. <laughs> um, innovation to me is complete the phrase, please. Innovation to me is telling a story that people care about and mastering the ability to get that story to as many people as you can because if a couple people care then more people are going to care and it's the way that you sort of 
tell that story and the way you get that story out that becomes innovative. You know, we're uh, I'm inspired by so many different people, even people that have been on your show, like, you know, like Brent Bushnell and, 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 and Elon. I mean, these guys are just like breaking all kinds of of, uh, of storytelling barriers and yeah. bringing really new and unique stuff to kids, to parents, to families, you know, the whole thing. And it's just awesome. Uh, so to me, innovation is really... You mean it's chocolate bar? It's still chocolate bar. Innovation yeah. is just watching uh, what's going on in this world and, and countless people just reinventing um, the traditional way to tell a story and uh, blowing people's minds constantly. That's and awesome. Just, I just love to get my mind blown, and it's blown beyond. Well, keep minute. listening to more of the show, and then... You're doing it, man. You're, you're covering <laughs> everybody that's incredible. It's really cool. Uh, you want to take a crack at it? Innovation to me is... Innovation to me is awesome. <laughs> that is probably the best one we've gotten so far. Chocolate bar. <laughs> Correction. <laughs> you kind of pointed at me at chocolate bar that time, and I said, uh, we'll, we'll save that for another show. I think you just had a whole chocolate bar. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, you're going to be amped up. Good luck for the rest <laughs> yeah, of the thanks. afternoon. Yeah, you, can, you can have them. <laughs> Hopefully I don't throw up for eating all that chocolate. <laughs> how many how many candy bars have you eaten? Mm, my whole life? Yeah, let's, let's see if we can tally it up. Let's do some science and averaging. 500 maybe okay all right that's a good number wow that's yeah uh, uh, so 50 per year parent of the year it's right like it's like a candy bar a week yeah, good parent, job dad parent of the year right <laughs> <laughs> no i'm joking i probably have like i probably had like five in my whole life parent of the year there, yeah there you go good good job um well i want to thank you guys for coming by this is this has been awesome no i mean i'm sorry it's been chocolate bar so thank you bar. you're you're so chocolate bar well, i appreciate it you're more than chocolate bar oh what then uh, chocolate cake your chocolate bar, chocolate bar. Wow, double chocolate bar. Wow, awesome, you just keep awesome. raising the chocolate bar. <laughs> Two X. So, so Dylan, where do people go if they want to buy books, if they want to learn more? Go to chocolatebarbook.com. All right. I don't uh, think I don't think I caught that. I, I, I think you might have just scared off. <laughs> I think my ears are bleeding. I guess I'll say it louder. <laughs> and happy Thanksgiving. Happy hey, Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you guys. No, to you. No, to you. No, trust me, to you. No, I'm serious because you got a you got a whole mashed potatoes to figure out how you're gonna eat. Mm-hmm. So, or if you're gonna eat them, but I say yeah. you go for it. Your dad's gonna put a lot of butter and milk oh, and salt gonna, in we're them. We're gonna load so. it up. Mm-hmm. It's almost it's almost soul food. Um, and on that note. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, thank you. But is there a Twitter handle? You were you, since you Disney was angry about your social media stuff. Like yeah, where's, at, <laughs> where's at, at so chocolate bar? At so chocolate bar. Yeah, All right, and, and hashtag so chocolate bar. Done deal. Everyone, hashtag. oh hashtag. Keep going. Keep going. Hashtag so chocolate bar. <laughs> now I will close, please. Aww. Everyone, thank you for tuning in to another installment of Innovation Crush, and we will talk to you next time. Thank you. Peace.